Your DWSA's podcast is brought to you by First Nations Fiber. Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Beating Table with your hosts, Tegaruhyakwa Stand Up and Leith Makiwa. We are taping here in sunny Kahnawage, and um, we have a jam-packed episode for you today. Uh, we have a lot of questions that we have filtered from Instagram that correspond to our favorite things giveaway. If you check on our Instagram posts this week, you will see a picture of the items that will be in our giveaway, and you'll also have a chance to uh, enter the giveaway there as well. So, Degaru Yakwa. How are you doing today? <laughs> good, good, good. And you? I'm doing excellent. Unfortunately, I have this little lingering. <clears throat> yeah, so thing, do I. But... So, we're going to be doing that a lot this, uh, <laughs> this show. This show. I'd like to ask you a, a question, real quick. What are your thoughts about, and we're just getting like straight into the podcast right now. So I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts of people borrowing other people's beadwork for their special occasions? What do you think about that? I am all for it. Yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, if people are willing to lend it and, you know, and if the person that's uh, borrowing is willing to um, take special care, <laughs> you know, it's it's a major uh, piece that, you know, sometimes people invest a lot of money into those kind of things. Or time if they've uh, made them themselves. Um, but yeah, no, if people are willing to, I've, you know, shared some of my stuff with some of my friends, um, like some of my bigger pieces. And yeah, I have no problem with it. Sometimes it helps out a lot too, because not everybody has like uh, hundreds, thousands of dollars sometimes to drop on stuff. So it does really help. And, you know, for me, why not? Yeah. What about you? What are your thoughts? Oh, I th I'm all for it. I think that, um, I think... Like you said, one, in terms of like financially, it might be a little bit more difficult or challenging for some people. Mm -hmm. But also I think like the wear, if you're only wearing it for one special day, then what is it doing just on those other days? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, and it, it's, it's nice to share good feelings with people and have that. Or even like if you're giving it away or whatnot. Um, and this is like basically straight from um, Facebook. There was a fellow artist who was... Um, had some pieces, I believe there were moccasins that she was giving away to people who needed yeah. them. And I think that was like a great idea. If I had any moccasins that were any good condition, <laughs> I probably would do the same. But I, do, they I don't have holes. Exactly. <laughs> but I think like too, in, in terms of like shirts or ribbon shirts or different ribbon skirts, I think that's a good idea too. Because mm -hmm. sometimes people buy them for like a wedding and then they might not ever wear them or something. So yeah. like it'd be good to be able to hand them off to somebody else who um, might need them and might not necessarily have the funds or maybe even the time to go look and search. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and even adding to that, too, I'm like, we've talked about this before, but I'm like, when I create a piece, I want it living. I want it yeah. used. I want it, you know, like, that's just me. But, um, you know, so, yeah, when you have a nice, beautiful piece sitting there like that, and, and then it just goes, you know, like, it's nice for it to be to be used and worn and shown. And so maybe just jumping off of that in terms of like special occasions, we know, like the big special occasion that's coming up for for us in particular not for us personally, but for us as artists. <laughs> Actually, is... personally this year for oh, me. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's graduation. Yep. So maybe you could just expand a little bit why it's personally um, 
Well, my special daughter, time. My uh, my daughter is graduating this year, so from um, high school, elementary, elementary. So she's uh, yeah, she's moving up to high school next year. Oh my god, yeah. So yeah, it is a super crazy busy time. From basically, for me in particular, with graduation and all that, with orders, my my graduation season starts around October. September, October, if I'm on the ball. <laughs> I usually only really get going like after Christmas, after like the craziness. But for the most part, I try to get ready at least in, uh, yeah, like October, start getting all the materials, start getting the color schemes, start talking with the clients and things like that. This year I had to work on my daughter's stuff and get her stuff prepped, which is... <laughs> Done, but not done. It's like minor little things that you I still... like my, my famous 10% left <laughs> yes. to do. It's just in there staring at me. But I also have another piece that I have to get started now. I'm on pretty much crunch time now. I have like mm-hmm. a month and two weeks left yeah. to get it done. So that one is about... I would have to say that one is about 20% going right now. Oh, I mean, that's better yeah. than nothing. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> That's better exactly. than last week, which was zero. Exactly. So, and I'm not worried about it. Like I, the call, everything's coming together. So mm-hmm. it's amazing when that happens, when you're like, you know, it, you get that flow and you start going and you can at least uh, get going on it. So I'm not yeah. worried about this project. And then I'm, I have to still check in. I have one order that I believe I took for this year, but I haven't spoken to the oh. girl yet. So I have to reach out and say, was it for this year? Or next year? It's not a big deal. It's moccasins that I can bust out yeah. in like two days. So. But yeah, grad season is a crazy time of the year for for bead workers, sewers. It's oh uh, yeah, consumes. and some of like even some of the sewers, I think, were already booked and saying no more orders. Maybe in January or something like that. Even like, before, before I think, January. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think one she closes her books. I think like September. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a crazy time. Like that's yeah. a lot of creativity you got to have. Yeah, I'm not. I know you're working on pieces. So where you're at? Where are you at? Uh, my graduation piece is mm, beadwork is, I would say, maybe 75% done. In terms of construction, I still have a lot. Okay, maybe I have a lot, then more than, okay, so maybe I'm not, maybe I have 50%, I'm 50% done. Mm-hmm. Now, the cuffs and the mock, the cuffs and the uh, mock vamps are all done, and it looks like really good, like I did a lot of work, but then there's a lot of behind the scenes work too, like, like you know, me and my tickle lining the moccasin and doing all kind of like fussy stuff afterwards that's mm-hmm. what takes a while um but i just started recently um doing the yoke and this time around i did all the flat work first because that for me is like you know well we yeah. talked about it last year last uh, month and it so it, it takes a while so i did all that all of it's done so now i just got to crank out all the rays which shouldn't take that long because it doesn't take me that much longer to do that mm-hmm. i mean it doesn't take me long to do that and so and then it's all of like the fussy finishing work i have to do yeah so but I mean, I would say if I really had to put a number on it, I'm like 30%, like realistically 30% done. On the way. Yeah. On the way. So that's really good. And I said I was going to be done, I think, mid-May, just so I could get out of the way mm-hmm. and get it done. And I think they wanted to take pictures. So, you know, like the opportunity to, to see and well, make sure like it fits. I mean, I did a last fitting, but mm-hmm. you never know, you know, and you just want to make sure. With all of that. So what are your... So we have a lot of listeners that may particularly bead, but not take on orders like this or big orders. So what are some of your tips? What are like some of the things that what is your process when you're doing grad orders, like start to finish, like 
How does it roll? How does it go? Because people don't always understand the amount of work, the amount of time, money even that we yeah. have to put in, you know. So what are some things that you would have to say to that? Okay, so if it's just somebody up the street, right away I'd say, well, sorry, I don't have time. <laughs> you know, like, because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it has, for me, it has to be a very planned thing. And this particular order was like two years ago. Yeah. So I would say, okay, so they asked me and I accept. And then usually they ask before the time. So then as it approaches, like the actual September mm-hmm. or October, I would start to like, you know, meet with them and, or just get a general idea and start, sorry, I should, I shouldn't. So I would meet with them first. First, I would start pulling things. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, in this case, I pulled things. We agreed on what the colors were. I took measurements. And then I didn't put any design yet. I don't believe it was. And then I met again. And then I had designed things uh, in the works. And I have various designs, so it takes a while. So it doesn't. I shouldn't say it takes a while to actually do the designing. Sometimes it's really fast. In this in- instance, it was. So then... I would go back to my sketchbook and start resketching if there was a drastic change in what I had thought I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, in this case, she loved it and that was good. Then I start really pulling colors again in terms of like what I think will go. And usually what happens is I will beat a, a large part of the, the item or the, like the main color scheme of it and mm-hmm. then double check with the client to see if they like it. In this case, I did a whole flower and then checked in and I was a little bit like, oh, on the edge of my seat wondering, oh man, I should have showed her before I got so far. Yeah. (laughs) But thankfully she liked it. And so I just continued and that's what I did. So I, in this instance, I did the cuffs and the vamps. i sorry, I did the vamps first because what I wanted to do is I wanted to see how all the colors would play out together in a small thing rather than start on the yoke. Mm Because for me, it's like a progression. It gets bigger and bigger and then... As I get to the yoke, there's more things on it than would be on necessarily the mm-hmm. vamps. So I want to make sure I got a solid foundation first. And then after I finished the vamps and the cuffs, what I had to do is I had to resize the yoke. So I had to have another meeting with the client. And so I had another meeting with the client. Oh, I must say, I took a half deposit before mm-hmm. I started the actual pulling of anything, I think it was. And I said, I didn't tell the client I would, would take half. I said, you should put a deposit if you wanted to. And the client said how much. And I was totally agreeable. It didn't mm-hmm. really matter to me as long as like. There's something. There's something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then um, I had the refitting, did all that. Then I had to uh, fix the design that how the yoke fit. And this is like my fussy thing, I guess, is how the yoke fit really didn't accentuate the features of the client. And so I had to change it a little bit so that it would be a, a better mm-hmm. to be better fit better and uh so i did that which meant i had to add to the design of the yoke because if you add or subtract there's going to be more like white space yeah, your layout ends up changing up. yeah and so i had to do a little bit of uh, fussing around and that was okay it wasn't not a big deal and then i started the beadwork and that's oh and i had to like do all the prep in terms of like cutting out and basting and doing Mm -hmm. all those kind of things and so that's where i am now what's like your favorite part of taking on orders like that my favorite part of that is the agreement from the client that they like what i first beaded like that first (laughs) beaded that first beaded um flower because it's all the anxiety like it's all the anxiousness (laughs) and the like on the edge of my seat like oh my god are they gonna do they like where I'm going? Do they yes. not like where I'm going? Because it's kind of like that that sets your tone and you're kind of like, okay, we're there. Like once this is a goal, then you can go. And if yeah. they don't, then it's back to the drawing board after that year. 
And sometimes when it's back to the drawing board, it may take maybe a day, maybe a month to even try to get back on it. Because once you're kind of like set in your mind about what your intention is, then you have to like completely erase it and start again. And sometimes that that's more difficult than actually starting from the get go. Yeah, because it kills the vibe sometimes for it. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah. And then you have to like, like you said, like you've got to wash it away. And sometimes you have to get more inspiration Sometimes that doesn't come that easy. Yeah. 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 So I think in terms of that, like that's, that's the part, that's the pinnacle part where I know, okay, I'm on the right track. Yeah. And then I can just like move forward. Yeah. And then as I do that, as I move forward and I'm like in the hype of everything, as soon as the cuffs are done, because I've now had two like main parts of the outfit done, then I'm like, I hate to say it, but I'm over it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I still have a whole nother large piece to do. So that's the only downfall. I, and, and I think that's what it is. It's that you reach the pinnacle, like where you think, yeah, not the, yeah, you reach like the, the peak of the it peak all. and where, you know, everything has come together and everything looks excellent. Then you have to like continue. The creative excitement isn't there exactly, anymore because yeah. you've already reached it. You've already got the color yeah. set. You've already, and now it's like, uh, uh, now it's just going yeah. with emotions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Like what, what would be the part of like taking orders that you dislike the most? The part I dislike is as, and it's, and it's only for a fleeting, like, I think it might be like less than a minute, but it's that moment when everything is completely done and I want it out of my house now. (laughs) And then I realize I can't just, I have to wait till I have a meet. That is, that is the most disappointing part of it is that as soon as it's done, I can't just chuck it. it. I need it gone. And that's what, I mean. It's not even excited to, I don't even know if it's disappointed, but it's just like, a, you know, like, yeah. God, yeah. just get this out of here. Yeah. And not because I don't like it. It's just because I don't want, it doesn't belong to me and I want it out of my sight. Yeah. Let's it's, move on. Yeah. It's kind of like, because that, that <laughs> to me, how it feels sometimes is like, I have sat here for months working on this thing. I have given birth to it. I have raised it. I want it out of here now. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like that ridiculous thought where it's like, Okay. I'm done with it now. Like I'm totally done. It has taken all of my energy, all of my creative like outlet and just going through the motions after for however long, because sometimes it drags on longer because it's harder to get back to that piece or keep mm-hmm. working on it when that excitement is gone. So yeah, I get it. It's just kind of like, right. It's even my daughter's stuff. I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, and I'm all, I love it. I'm excited, but I'm like, oh, like I, I just need this done with now <laughs> and then when the client sees it i can't it's hard for me to muster up the excitement to say yeah it's so great and beautiful because i've already gone through that emotion yeah, yeah. and not to say that i don't like it it's just that i don't feel that the excitement's gone yeah people must think i'm just like oh yeah just another thing but <laughs> that it is it's just another thing i've done and it's it's i'm on to the next thing yeah yeah so but I, I i think a lot of people feel that way like when they see like you know painters must feel the same way and different people like as soon as it's sold and it's in somebody else's house people it's for somebody else to appreciate like yeah i've, I've seen it i've lived it you know kind of yeah. thing so yeah. i guess that's how i feel yep yep i hear you so after your graduation do you have anything else like your graduation projects anything else planned yes so what do i have oh i have two orders i have one really long outstanding order yes i know that one yeah <laughs> which um thankfully the client is um like really you know like laid back with it but mm-hmm. um it is bought and paid for now so like i have it's to, on your shoulders yeah it is yeah unfortunately like we there was no timeline on it okay um, but it, it's for me to it's dragging out too long like where i not on any that's on me like i just 
haven't been able to get back to it. So that is my first and foremost. Soon as I'm done, that's like full speed ahead. And then I have another, this is another one that's outstanding, but it, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it sounds awful. And it's, I don't mean it in that sense where it's like, oh, well, it's my friend. I put it on the side, but it's because it's one of my good friends. <laughs> I wanted to do, she won a raffle. Okay. But I wanted to do more for it. And we, there was something that we had discussed way back before that I wasn't able to, uh, to do for them, for her and her husband. So it just kind of didn't work out. So to replace what that whole thing was, I, when she won the raffle, I had said, well, you know what, let me add to the raffle. Like normally it's like just moccasins with a leather back and whatever, you know? So now I'm going to do her cuffs. The, the moccasins are all done. They're put together. The, the vamps are on. It's all oh, beat at everything. Okay. But now it needs the cuff. Uh-huh. And I also added a medallion to, to the order uh-huh. or to the raffle winning, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So I have to, that has to be completed now too. I don't know how you feel about doing moccasins, like the, the cuffs, but for me. That, is that your yuckiest item to bead? That's what no. somebody asked a oh, question. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, there, we'll talk got, about those later, but yeah. Yeah. No, well. I have to say, it's like, uh, you know what? I used to only do beaded cuffs. I would do moccasins and then do the beaded cuffs all the time. So only recently, within the last year or two, I started doing leather. I know. I've seen it. It's a progression has gone like super, but it's it's fast. (laughs) Well, I mean, for anybody out there, it's a faster way. Yes. To do it and, you know. Because you do the vamps and you're like, I'm done. I just got to slap on a leather cuff and I'm done. Like, just throw some beads on the edge. I have to do a beaded cuff on my graduation order too. And I'm, that's like, I I haven't even thought of it. Cause for me, like for, if you're doing a raffle and you're doing a beaded cuff, you can't do anything really until you actually know the size of the foot. Yeah. It all has to be sized and put together and everything. So yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that's where I kind of got deflated a little bit with it all. Okay. Because now I'm like, okay, that cuff, like not that I don't want to do it at all, but it's just to sit and actually put the time in and design it and all of that. Uh-huh. Like, cause it's almost, cause it's done pretty much. It's done. So now it's like, you feel like you're redoing like a whole new order type uh-huh. of thing. Like, so anyways, that's where I'm at with that one. So those are my two. I do have another one that I unfortunately can't really, but. Oh, you can't really talk about Yeah. I can't talk about it, but I'm yeah. like giving a little hint or a little uh, teaser, but yeah, I have another huge order mm-hmm. <laughs> that's due for the fall. Mm-hmm. Which I'm I'm excited about and I kind of started a little bit, but I just had to kind of at least get a, a start on it. And mm-hmm. then I have to put it aside though until I'm done everything else. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I have a few months to finish that. So that's good. That's about it though. I think right now, then I'm free. I'm free. free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, oh, so. Yes. So let's jump into that. So you finally got your acceptance yay Yay. congratulations thank you for santa fe so (laughs) what is your process like what are you doing now to prepare for santa fe (laughs) because i know you got a lot going on right now (laughs) i got into the santa fe indian market it's august 20th to 21st and it's a i think a jam-packed weekend it's going to be actually maybe probably a couple days leading up to it it'll be a lot of excitement going on it's the uh centennial Mm-hmm. So 100 years, that's pretty exciting. In terms of like what my process is, for me, because I am such a bad procrastinator, <laughs> I don't do anything until I know for sure. Mm-hmm. But this time, because it was getting a little bit too close for my comfort in terms of like 
when we had normally found out, which was like, I guess maybe middle of March, so there was something that had happened. So they only told us like, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe, or a little bit less than that. I started to prep in terms of like, started to cut out little things and Mm -hmm. kind of pulled some things here and there in terms of like colors and stuff like that. And, and I knew that because it was going to be the centennial that I should have more things. And because I talked to Grant, who Grant Jonathan also got in, so you'll see him there at the Santa Fe Indian Market too. Mm-hmm. Um, he said like to have a lot of things to sell with it, which would be in a raw wide range of like prices, right? So in terms of that, sometimes I usually do like one really big thing. Well, for me, it's like a really big thing in terms mm-hmm. of like a big project, yeah. a costly project. And I'm not 100% sure if I'll be able to do that. Yeah, in the time. In the time frame. So I'm planning to like right now crank out as much as I can in terms of smaller things. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be cheaper things, but smaller items mm-hmm. that um, don't take me as much time to do, but can really showcase like mm-hmm. my style. Yeah. So yeah, so right now I have like, I have this. I wrote this list in the back of my notebook for like our podcast notebook, just like projects for 2020. And it actually is like the stuff that I'm doing. And I didn't even realize because I had, I looked at this and did this in January. So I, I'm doing a purse. I have this beaded red panel. It's like 24 karat gold. I'm doing something with that. I'm not hundred percent sure what mm-hmm. I have kid moccasins and I have three now, three pairs of baby moccasins prepped. Mm-hmm. I have, it says a large kick-ass, it says large kick-ass moccasins. (laughs) So I'm doing that and it says nothing yet and I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. And then this red panel I have, that's like I said, it was 24 karat gold. I think I'm making a purse maybe and I have already started vamps to go along with it kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've never really done that where I've done like a shoe and a handbag, I guess like you would say. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm starting to do that. And that started in terms of like the cutout of it. So I'm really just trying to like prep those kind of things. I wanted to do some beaded cuffs too, because that really went well the last time I was there in 2019, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But in terms of like a big project, I don't really have anything right now. Mm-hmm. And what do you consider like a big project? What What is that? Usually a big project would con- would consist of like Long using hours. small antique beads. Like, mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a big project in terms of like the actual size of it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the amount of time it would take and the the intricacies of it, yeah, it's big. So kind of like your vase, like kind of like my vase, yeah, yeah. That will still be for sale at the Santa Fe Indian Market <laughs> <laughs> with all its ribbons and everything from all yeah. the places it's been. But yeah, so like that would be a that would that I would consider a big project. Yeah. So I'm not 100 percent sure if I'll be able to get anything of that scale for this time, but hopefully, like for next time, I will be able to, mm-hmm. or for any time after that. You know, so, so yeah, so that's the only thing, but those, but that project, like that vase only started too, when I found out I got into the market that 2019. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the amount of time it's possible, but I don't want to go there with like one big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go there with a variety of things so that more people can. Like you have to weigh out how, like, yeah, Yeah. not quality because they're all quality, but like quantity, quality type of, you know, like, what are you bringing? What am I bringing? And, and I'm not. I guess I'm not going to bring things that didn't sell last time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like I'm only bringing things I know that were selling when I was there. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. So I'm always like interested in looking at those kind of aspects. So here at home, we have certain styles. We have certain colors. We have certain things that we're drawn to for our people. So when you go to a show, how do you prep that? Do you bring 
you like part like do you bring our style there or do you kind of tend to do things to attract the market so how do you what what do you do in that sense like color schemes patterns things like that does that play into it you know uh yes and no for the big project yes that definitely does play in the sense that I don't necessarily know uh, what the market would be here for like those small intricate beads and who would be the buyer, mm-hmm. you know, like in terms of that, like, I don't know, unless somebody commissioned it, then that would be okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily like in my everyday life, I don't use those small beads to do much stuff unless mm-hmm. it's like, maybe I don't, can't remember what the last thing I, I did was. Oh, I remember it was a, a, a commission piece and I used like the antique beads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I made a purse about three years, oh, 2019, I made a purse. And what I did is on one side, I did raised beadwork. And the other side, I did the majority of flat beadwork. But I put in like, well, because my I'm Hopi, I put in more of that hope. Like I didn't channel like the Southwest in terms of like for the market. I channeled like my own like mm-hmm. interpretation of how like pottery is because my, fa- my families are potters. So I tried to try to mimic that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, I did, and and I don't and I don't necessarily know if people would be attracted to that here. I mean, mm-hmm. it is me, and I can do it. Like you know, in terms of like, I can try to like not manipulate, but to draw inspiration from that like art craft, like yeah. that art. But when I bring things to the market, I bring things that I like. Like mm-hmm. I only pick the colors that I. That's I guess that's one of the questions somebody asked. Like, how do you pick inspiration colors and stuff like that? I just pick things that I want to bead because if I don't, the colors that I want to bead with. Mm-hmm. for things that I'm selling just randomly to anybody because I really want to use things that I like. Like, I don't want to be beating with stuff that I don't like. Yeah, that's not your... Uh, yeah. That's not my jam, really. Yeah. And um, and I think for me, I can just have... Like, it's carte blanche when I go to the market because it's not a commission. So I can do things that I don't Whatever necessarily do yeah. <laughs> and not necessarily meaning that I wouldn't do them here, but I don't necessarily have the opportunity because a lot of my commission, a lot of my work that I do here in the community is commissioned. Mm-hmm. So it's within a certain parameter. But when I go to the show, I can, I, I'm making it just because I want to make it, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's the only difference really. Maybe one day I'll be able to have things just here to sell, but normally that's not the case. Yeah. Hopefully next year it will be because I hopefully I'm not taking orders, but I say that every time <laughs> and I take orders anyway. And I think I said, I, yeah. We so, all do, we all, we all do. do. Yeah, yeah. So, so in terms of that, like I don't try to necessarily... Um, bead for there mm-hmm. but i know i had picture frames that didn't sell so i'm not going to take picture frames mm. i'm not going to do that i'm going to take the other items that i i do and that's what i'll take so mm-hmm. yeah and i don't know why but they were interested so i'm just not going to waste my time with that yeah with certain things yeah, yeah. so that's all that's it's all interesting like for listeners to hear who would eventually or who who have or who are planning on like submitting because I know a lot of people have like beautiful stuff that now like maybe they want to try to like yeah. submit them into uh, shows and stuff like that. Like <laughs> the only tip I have, <laughs> don't wait till the last minute to do any damn applications. Yeah, don't. Because that's what happened to me. So 2019, I was applying for Santa Fe and. You're applying for Santa Fe. And you didn't have all your paperwork in order, right? Yes. I didn't have anything ready. And so what ended up happening was I left it till the last minute. I didn't have the time to get the things that I needed and which would have required weeks. 
In that month. Yeah. And I waited literally till like the last week that the application was due. <laughs> so I was like, well, there goes my dream. And then we had a, you know, like a pandemic. pandemic yeah. so. So I and I still don't end. have those papers because we had a pandemic. So, yeah. you know, eventually I'll, I'll try to get there. And, but there's different, you know, different things that showings that I want to do. Like there was like the Gananakwe one. Yes. Um, yeah. I would love to do that. And I've had people inbox me like, Hey, you know, you, you could try out, like, bring stuff or whatever. Unfortunately, because I'm constantly doing orders, uh-huh. I never have anything. Yeah. So that's another thing is that, you know what, like, usually for shows, for competitions, things like that, you need pieces within, to if you're going to be showing it or submitting those pieces, you need them to be done within the last two years. Yeah. Some are three, but the ones that I've looked up are yeah. mostly two so that's something to keep in mind if you're looking to do showings or whatever. It has to be a pretty recent piece. Um, so if you make something beautiful, you love it, you want to show it, hang on to it for a little while. Well, you don't even, there's that part, but it's a twofold thing. Like one, I would say for the application process, you need a lot of visual pic, like you need pictures. Yes. Not a lot. I should say you need very qu- high quality pictures yeah. of very specific things, depending on what kind of category you're getting into in it. Yeah. That, does it matter if it's Santa Fe Indian Market, if it's any the other ones? Or, or whatever, yeah. Ganond again, or wherever it is, you need to have stills. So one thing is, regardless of what it is you make, try to get the best neutral, in the sense like not the outdoorsy photo, the best neutral photo, mm-hmm. high quality that you can of your piece. And then if it has to go to somebody and you have to sell it, then that's fine. Yeah. But you still have the photo because what it is, is they want to see, right? Like how your work is, how mm-hmm. um, the quality of your work through the through the visuals. You are correct in the sense that if you want to have a competition piece, you need to have a piece that is made within a certain time. Yep. But you don't necessarily have to have the things that you're selling on your table no. to be within a ter- certain time frame. No, those can be. Those can be but anything. Like for but it has to be show, yours. Yeah. And it has to be within the category you are submitting. So I can't go there and sell pottery and I'm a bee, I'm in the beadwork category. Yeah. You can apply for different categories if you're a um, multimedia kind of um, artist and you do different things mm-hmm. and that's not a problem. But I would say like my best tip is one, make sure that you have your your visuals. Uh, number two, save some money for the application process, not yeah. necessarily for the application, but if you get in because you have to pay to like go Yeah. sometimes and your they have tables to pay and, and all, all that, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was like, pretty expensive. Yeah, and stuff like that. So, but I would like encourage people to just apply. Like there's nothing yeah. like, there's nothing that you should be afraid about in terms of that. Like, if you're getting in, if you don't get in, that's okay. You can always apply the next year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Just you increase your yeah. your Just quality. But I, I would, like, encourage a lot of people to go and to even, like, if they can go to just see what it's like. So they, they have, like, I guess a, a gauge in terms of, like, what other kind of artists might be within their category mm-hmm. or stuff like that or... Just Even like, like collaborations, you have to think can, of like if you yeah. are going there and you want to show an outfit or if you want to like whatever, you have to really. So as you're doing a project, too, you also have to keep in mind, you have to keep note of products you're using. Yeah. Even your techniques, your techniques. That was one that I had realized I was well, not that I had anything that was a collaboration, but say if uh, you wanted to do something on a cradle board but you can't make the cradle board you have to give those kind of things like that props have to be there in the yeah. sense that you have to name that artist you have so there's yeah. a lot of things to kind of um, think about so if you are planning on ever you know applying to these shows you really got to read the fine line and all of yeah. the uh the requirements and sometimes you know? collaborative artists have to have both been accepted to the market yes yeah 
So, so that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's uh, a lot of, it's just a lot of things to consider, but I mean, in terms of like the experience and what you can learn, even just about yourself, about how you interact with people you don't even know, like here, like I can interact with people from going to log in different things. And I feel kind of comfortable <laughs> sometimes interacting with people who are, what do we call it? The schmoozing, the schmoozing part. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not even about the people. It's really about the schmoozing, the schmoozing, the so schmoozing part. Uh, for that's I think that's my hardest part. You know what? Like I would hate for somebody who knows me to see me talking schmoozing. I think they'd be like, <laughs> "You are just so full of crap." But I don't know. Oh, I can't. Oh my you know? god! So I'd like, have to practice my schmoozing because I you can't practice it because it's all a vibe. I'm telling you, it's all a vibe. <laughs> I hate small talk. I hate. I hate. Do you hear me? I hate small talk. Like so, that's my biggest problem. Is that like. I don't know. But I, you have I, to be your best seller unless you have a manager. And unfortunately, I'm too small scale that I don't have no manager to like, <laughs> talk for me. I have to do it all myself. And I think the honesty is the best policy. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And I think I've thrown in a little bit of that, like, stereotypical, like, yeah, I'm like I don't so want to say awkward. mysticism about being unguahua, but I think that's kind of what it is oh, sometimes. Okay. Just so. a bit. Just like a tad, like, you know, but nothing to be like extravagant. Like, it's not like. I got it from a dream and like, yes. it's not that kind of okay, thing. Okay, so for me, that's, I can't, and, and. You don't have to be like that. No, yeah, and, and like, I, <laughs> like if, you know, you, you have different clientele, you have different people coming through and all of that, and I can't, like, it's like, oh, well, how did you, you know, I'm never going to say like, yeah, like. But they're going to ask. The wind whispered it well, into no. my ear, like, I can't do crap like that, like, for me, like, that, and that's like the schmoozing part, so I would have to learn how to, like, I'm always friendly, I'm always yeah. like approachable and talk yeah. you know I, I could I'll talk to anyone but it's like the small talk and if I don't know that's my hardest part and then like trying to I'm the worst that selling my own pieces because I'm like I don't know I did it and I just liked it and that's it like I don't have a whole big backstory to most of my stuff you know it's just like oh well, I felt inspired so I did it that's it you yeah. know so it's like I would have to um work on I guess that part of my my but you can tell skills. more about your story about yourself like People want to know, like, where you're from, like, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I had a pair of moccasins, and this is going to sound crazy, but it is the truth. I had a pair of moccasins, and I started them when I was at, I think it was in Phoenix. It was in Phoenix. And I had gone there with my husband, and we were in, we had this suite, and there was a balcony, and it was pink, and outside there was an orange tree. It just so happened to be an orange tree. Mm -hmm. And I had these moccasins and it was like kind of like a cross between a light turquoise and a blue kind of look. And I beaded them and I realized that the actual, there was, I, th I think there was pink, but there was also like a green that was coming off of this orange tree that I ended up beading basically what was outside my window. It was orange, like beads and different things, not orange, but more like a yellowy kind of, like kind of like my famous yellow I like, like that ochre mm -hmm. kind of color. And it was like this really nice, like, like, like I said, like kind of turquoise and it was beautiful. And I called it looking out my window, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And so like somebody, well, they bought, somebody bought it and they're like, oh yeah. So like, you know, what, wow, what, why did you pick these colors and all this stuff? I said, because I was sitting in my little, like a suite and I made this in the past two days and this is what I saw. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds so like, oh yeah, you know, it's just like I got inspiration, but I did like, I got yeah. inspiration from that and it just kind of pulls. But then I think depending on your environment, like even mm -hmm. like the seasons, right? Like yeah. you'll start to pull different things. So 
even that like naming stuff like i because i've had shows like um oh yeah for my to, paintings yeah you like, have to name things and make sure you sign sign everything you make yes, sign somewhere. sign sign yeah but for my shows i used to um the art shows the paintings and all yeah. that that i've had i i you have well they ask you to you could just write untitled but then you know whatever yeah. but yeah so you have to find names and even that like i i just uh i struggle with that part just because i'm like i don't know I don't know if it's not. I don't know. Anyways, I just got to figure that out. Because <laughs> I'm like, I feel like hokey pokey. We have one like, year to get your S-H-I-T. S-H-I-T together. I yeah. got a channel. I have to channel. channel. No. Yeah. So anyways. But yeah. So I'm excited. And hopefully um, some of my family is going. For sure my mother is going. Mm -hmm. We're going to be traveling. I'm not sure if we're traveling together, but we're going together. And uh, hopefully some of my other family will be coming. Um, the only thing is, is that, oh my God. You know how we talk about things like beadwork and our artistry sometimes take us away from different things or we're like busy doing whatever and our kids want to play outside, but we've got bead or whatever. Like mm -hmm. My case, like one of my sons is small. So the other day I had this great idea. I'm like, oh my God, I just saw hot red chili pepper, red hot chili peppers are having a concert. I'm like, oh, I should take my seven-year-old. He would love it. <laughs> love it. So I went online. Wouldn't you know, Toronto. August 21st. Oh. I was like, geez. <laughs> yeah. So I can't take him. And then it's like, the tickets are pretty crazy. And then there was another one like Las Vegas or something like $63. Like, oh, too bad I can't, you know, like this different things. I was just like, man. Yeah. But that was the closest one I think was Toronto. And I was just like, oh, and I, I had told him, I said, I wanted to take you to see Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> of course, you have to wear like the earphones and everything. But yeah. I thought, oh, it'd be so fun just to. You would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And sometimes those things take you away from that stuff. Like I remember, you know, kind of in this topic, but like going to a lot of my uh, son's baseball games and sitting there beating oh, yeah. like because I had stuff, you know, to get done. So same thing where it's like it. it yeah, it does take over sometimes, like especially yeah. this time of the year to a grad season. You know, it's like every you got deadlines and things. Oh, I just get realized done. something. <laughs> Paddling provincials are usually that same time. Oh no! That's why I went last year because I, oh man, this is another thing. Anyway, <laughs> what can you what can you do, right? Uh, yeah. So what else do we have on our list? We okay, have a few more things. So we have we have some. I don't necessarily think they're gonna be rapid rapid fire questions. Okay. I think they're just gonna be questions that will really generate some good conversation because there's a lot of questions. I believe there's like twenty four questions. Nice. 24, if not more, questions that we got through Instagram, like I said, corresponding to our favorite things we said to, um, in order to um, encourage people to participate on the forum in terms of our Instagram page and also to generate, help us generate content. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we said that we would have a favorite things giveaway. And like I said earlier, we're going to post a picture of that on our Instagram page. And there'll be opportunity for other people to also um, enter it once they see the goods that maybe they want to they enter that. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to just get right into it. Sound good? Yep. So I'm not going to say who actually um, asked the question, asked the question, but I've like said Nyawa to everybody who has uh, reached out and sent questions. So everyone who will, who asked a question should have got response Nyawa and then their name will be put onto the wheel and we'll probably do that. I would say more towards like the... I think we'll actually announce the winner on our next podcast. Okay. So the podcast that will be airing in June. June oh my yeah. goodness, it's May. Yep. Okay, so here we go. The first one is, when a bead hits the ground, is it gone forever or do you go after it right away? 
Uh, if I need that beat, I'm hunting for it. I will get on the floor. I will get my broom out and I will sweep them up. But if I'm lazy, it stays. And then eventually I step on it or I find it. But depends. Sounds good. <laughs> and I usually say, ah, I have a bead store. I'll just say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy but i you know i'm i'm gonna admit though there was i'm not sure if it was the last order i was doing something and i had to look for beads and i was like i thought of myself and thought why do you always think why do you always say to yourself i own a bead store and now you look like an ass because now you have no <laughs> beads that you need okay so due to bead are they out there i said yes i think yes for sure yes. there are men who have who are beaters yes i recently i won't say names just because yeah. i don't want i don't yeah, I yeah. don't know how they feel about that, but I recently had a couple in my one of my classes throughout mm -hmm. the winter and his work was amazing. And he's I don't know if he's ever done it. I, I think he's brand new, like brand, mm -hmm. brand new. And he did a yoke. He did a full yoke. It was beautiful. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's definitely beaters out there, uh, male beaters. Yeah. I don't think they're like out there as much as like, you know, I don't mean that they're not there. I mean that they're like they're not as. I think in terms of like the number Men versus women. I think there's oh, yeah. a majority of women, but there are for sure left people who do raised beadwork, flat beadwork. It's just that they're work. not as visible, I guess, in the sense that because they're not out there promoting or posting all that some are and some aren't. Yeah. So there's probably a lot of like really low key male beaters that we don't even know about, you know. Or if you are out there and you like want to want us to showcase, stop by like the beading table on Instagram and we could do that. If yeah. you're out there. When picking bead colors, where do you where do you turn for inspiration? But I kind of just said outside, just the vibes of the earth, I guess. That's the one thing. And I have some fallbacks. Like I love a real good oh, yeah. green or a really good, like, I love a good green. A good white. <laughs> <laughs> For me, inspiration can just come anywhere. Uh, same thing. Could be outside. Could be emotions. Could be how I'm feeling. It could be sometimes I'll be at the mall and I like somebody's outfit and mm. I'll take a picture of it. Or I Facebook, sometimes I get ads on, like, there was one it's like a baby dress and I was like oh the colors are so nice so I screenshotted it like so it's kind of everywhere and anywhere whatever whatever strikes me which size needle and which thread do you use based on what you're beating on <laughs> so I would say for myself if you're using a cardboard use a size 11 needle if possible and also a size a thread in either you have to use b because d will be too thick yeah that's the thing. If your needle head is very small, use a thinner thread because you're going to hear that, that like you're going to pull and then it's either going to break or it's, it's your needle head might break, but your thread will always be pulling on that one spot and it'll break at the needle head usually. Yeah. And for me, I, I'm a 12 and a B all the way. There's only, there's no more 12 needles at this shop. Too. I know. Well, I took the last I, one for our raffle. Yeah, I have a few or two at home, but. Yeah. Yeah. I am a 12 and a B. Most for everything almost. Depends though. Yeah. Sometimes maybe I'll go to the D thread. Too. Well, when I have to, I will. But I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of going back and forth now. So yeah. Really? Yeah. Cool. Because, um, yeah, because I just really started noticing because I changed my backing because I no longer use oh, yeah. cardboard. The B thread with the 12 in the cardboard was working for me. But now I'm using softer backing. Your beads get a little loosey-goosey with the... There's not enough girth on those yeah. beads. <laughs> there's, yeah. not enough, there's not enough girth for the size of the hole <laughs> and the thread. It needs... You have to use D in order to 
make it beef it up <laughs> beef it up make it stiffer <laughs> so crazy but that's that's the lingo of the beads yes that's the bead lingo <laughs> yeah so that's yeah depending on what i'm using i have to switch between b and d yeah but i always stick with i personally always stick with 12 12s. <clears throat> 12 needles that's 12 needles, 12 needles. john james Sh- sharps everybody sharp yes um, also, a follow-up question from the same person is, what size threads do you use for size 16 or smaller beads? I will use my thread. I use a size zero or double zero for anything, sometimes like that, for 16 and smaller. For sure, for like when I'm using 24, I have to use size <laughs> zero, zero, because that's the smallest one, I think. And then I usually use um, size 16 needles, so for those sometimes. Or size 13, <laughs> which are very sh- 13 short sharps by john james which are no longer in production and i am not giving away and not because <laughs> they're hard to find so yeah so i would say yeah for small beads you need zero or double zero and yeah. we're talking about naimo here i'm not necessarily sure about all the other kinds of threads out there but if you're like partial to different kind of company then i'm sure you'll be able to find something just google like your brand versus naimo and then if you have a standard, then you can find out. The same thing with if you're using Toho or, or um, Miyuki sure. Seabeads, you can find out there on the internet, there might be a chart that says there's colors that are similar to both if you can't find them, mm-hmm. like either or. So that's cool. and, and that too, like I would have to say that our answers, like the thread wise and certain things are generally towards seed beads. Like me and you both don't really use Delica Save. All the time, or no. you know what I mean. So these, my answers, I could say, are mainly for Miyuki Tohos. Like that's yeah. what I would u- be using all these things for. And it's all our own opinions. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. not no experts. We're experts in our own styles and how what we yeah. do, but we're not experts in everybody else's. Style. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite color palette? Uh... The beads I picked for the raffle are kind of my color palette. <laughs> I love like the nice like beige and. Oh, the green with the little hint of like the a sharper green and some mm-hmm. muted earth is my type. Yeah, even muddy you're like earth. deep earthy browns and reds and that's like, mine. Yeah, that's yeah. like your. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm more like muted. Yes, you're pastel. Very muted. Right now, you're in a pastel thing. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of where I go to most of the time. Yeah, I don't know. I just I I like it. I don't know, blah. No, <laughs> no, it's not blah. But it's just your palette. Sometimes I feel like I gotta. Well, you know what? When I find colors that I feel, I guess, are like blah, like then I have to throw in a couple of like, let's jazz this up type yeah. of thing colors. So that's kind of where I go. That's um, usually my palette. I like uh, what's it called, monochromatic type of deal too. Like where it's like all blues, but all million mm-hmm. shades of blues. Yeah. They all have to be the same tone, though. I am a psychopath. I am when... not a psycho about that thing. I like to use all oh, kinds of colors. No, like for me, I in just... In monochromatic. In monochromatic, yes, but I like tones to be mm. similar, all the same tones. So it's like if I'm... Like if you've ever looked at like... Say if, even if you came into the shop and you looked at the the board with all the beads and there's green, there are about three or four different tones yes of green so we got like the yellows you got the uh, turquoisey greens you have the blue greens you have like the yellow greens mm. so for me if i'm working with something it either has to be all green like mm-hmm. yellow green or it has to be all blue green like yeah in different tones and shades though, so. yeah that's you yeah <laughs> next question do you ever bead with beads that you know might fade or change color over time 
some people like that. Yeah, me, I don't care. Uh, I, you know, at some point, everything is going to fade. fade. <laughs> everything fades away. Yeah. It just fades away. So I don't know. No, I don't. To me, I don't really care about that. Honestly, I don't even, I've never really paid close attention to the color dyes of, of beads. So I'm like, if I like it now, I'm putting it on. Like uh -huh. if it fades, it fades. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't, I really don't. care about that. I tend not to use colors that fade. Mm -hmm. But then I also I'm not very partial to colors that fade to begin with, like a lot of pink or purple. Mm -hmm. I pick different kind of shades. I don't necessarily, I don't think anyway, I've ever, you know, like, but I'm not also intentional either in the sense that I'm not in, yeah, I'm not intentional. Like pick, avoiding them or anything. Avoiding them. Like yeah. there's certain things I will avoid, mm -hmm. like 13, 12. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Because I think that for sure will, and I, I mean, and I know because I'm the one who reads the label that's dyed and usually I write dyed on it on the mm -hmm. package because people need to know. Yeah. Because the last thing I want is somebody come in saying, it's too, it's, it's already dyed, gone. it's yeah. no good, I want my back and you know, whatever. So, but I mean, if the person likes that, then use it. Yeah. And if you like it and you make sure you inform the other people that it's going to it's going to fade. And that too, they're keep in mind. So when you are making something, let your clientele know that, well, you don't really have to, but you know what, if you are you making should. something, you should, but you also need to let them know that, you know what, this may not be the best for direct sunlight. If you're going to be hanging it in your car yes. within a few years, that thing is going to be all white, like, or it's going to be all clear. So or it those might are not something. be the beads. It might be the actual fibers. Like you shouldn't really hang anything in direct sunlight for beadwork if you're not if you're storing it one thing mm -hmm. but if you want it for show make sure you rotate it because if it gets it's gonna yeah, fade even your the velvety and everything so that'll it's gonna fade. fade it's gonna bleach it also that's yeah. that's something to keep in mind okay so next one when you take orders do you prefer to come up with design with the design or do you take direction i do both but mainly i take direction because that's usually how custom is yeah I would rather not have any of it, but actually I would like, for me, I personally like minimal to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to, people have given me orders and it's like, okay, I like this color. I like blue and yellow, mm -hmm. but I'm open to anything else. Then that, that helps me. Minimal is better because then I find if I get influenced too much, it sometimes kills the vibe of it because okay. it's not always mine mm -hmm. in the sense that like my color palette or what you know uh, a lot of times too i try to if it's like totally out of my range i take what they say what they want mm -hmm. and then i try to figure out how to make it me though mm -hmm. where do you buy the lamps you use is it a special lamp or is it a special type so we had mentioned last month costco that we, okay. costco there's michael's any of your like bulks you know, like even I think maybe Buran Grow or any of those things. And like, we're not sponsored by any of those people who we just mentioned, but it's like the Alt Light and we're not sponsored by them. Also, maybe they want to sponsor us Alt Light for all the beading needs of the beaters who have uh, strained eyes. But yeah, so usually it's an Alt Light mm -hmm. or any bright light. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that one, but that's the one I tend to use. Yeah, sometimes. me too. It has different uh, settings too. Mine has like a little disco lights on it too, even. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not <laughs> it has into like that a one. little glowing thing where you can change colors and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, the, the overhead arm of it, though, yeah. is like a, it's like a bright. Really, yeah. Some like of them a, have magnifying glasses on them too. There's all kinds those of Those are pretty cool. Like, I think I'm going to be investing into, really? <laughs> into that soon. Yeah. And, and these lights are not. Some can be expensive and some aren't. Like, uh, I think the one I got was maybe like on sale for 40 bucks or okay. 30, something like that. They range though, because some I've seen like 100 maybe. 
80 to 100, 120. So, yeah, they, they range. Like, And oftentimes, it's the same kind of light that they would use at a place where they would do nails. Yeah. So that kind of light, because you need to have precision lighting, right? So mm-hmm. like, so that, so that's, that's what kind of lamps we use. Next question. What's your advice to beginners who are looking to start beading? Jump right in. I'd say find a good teacher and have patience. Yeah. Have patience. Well, I, I just actually had a discussion with a lady that uh, was coming in. She is a beginner. She just came in. She wanted to start. So for me, what I did, I, I recommended her a smaller project mm. uh, to start. Mainly because I've had people take my classes where they're jumping into a yoke or they're doing a vase. And this is like some of their first time, you know. And it's not to say that you can't learn how to bead on those things, but it's the aftermath now. So when you finish learning how to bead on these items, the construction part the construction will, yeah. is is really crazy where it's like even experienced beaters are like, like it, it's, it's a lot. Because it can lot. be off that little bit on the bottom. Or- yeah. Doesn't match up, and then you don't have the tricks to, yeah. to like make it fit together. It just and I'll, and it's kind of like what we were saying. Like, don't jump the line in certain things in the sense that you know what, starting off small gives you all of that experience and understanding that of yeah. yes of how things are constructed. Because beadwork is yes about beading, but also when you are creating things, mm-hmm. the construction is a major part of all of it. So. I she think a picture in. frame is for sure a good yeah. starter. She she came in and I had a medallion. Yeah, uh, that's thing. good so too. So she yeah. did that. It yeah. was perfect. It was something easy yeah. for her to to start with. The construction of it was easy so she can get the understanding of it. So start off a little bit smaller, you know, don't overwhelm yourself because then you also get not instant, but you get quicker results with a smaller yes. thing. Then you get to see and, you know, you don't want to like spend hours and hours on something and you're like, and then you don't want to finish it because that's why I start with vamps for a project. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my advice. Which size beads do you prefer for large projects such as yokes, cuffs, or moccasins? Anything. I don't prefer any kind of beads in the sense that size wise, you mean? Size wise. Like, I will use any kind of beads. Yeah. I am typically a 15 all the way for everything. I will use. An 11 once in a while. I just like the look. Like, I like how, like, it's more visible and Mm -hmm. it takes up a little bit more space on a yoke um, for the rope stitch and all that. But Mm -hmm. I won't use it for the flowers and all that. I still, I use 15s. I'm 15s. Okay. So what is your local, what's your favorite local bead store and why? Well, I'm just saying traditions. Traditions. (laughs) Next. How do you get your puckers so neat? And there's two actually... Two questions about puckers. I think, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot of years, I guess. Pucker tips, how to make them nice. Oh. Make sure that there's a center point on your vamp and then make sure there's an even amount of puckers on either side mm-hmm. of the center point. That's one thing. Try to maintain the width of your puckers to be the same. Mm-hmm. When I do mine, yeah. when I make the pattern, I will only make puckers on half of the top of the the pattern. So like my lines. Mm-hmm. So I'll have my center point and then I'll have where the vamp starts. Yes. That point. And then I fold oh, the yeah. pattern in half so that yeah. on the other side, they're equal. So I just mark them, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. For me, what I, and this is personal, it's like more my own particular. I like puckers a little bit bigger in a sense like i like them i don't know what the word is like it probably won't be as many as mine 
Yeah, there's not as many. So there's less on it, but then they're, it, they look bigger. But you have to learn how to sew them so that you don't have a big hole. Yeah. That's, that's mm -hmm. the trick. Like you have to learn how to really sew them up so that once you flip them, you're not seeing right through. There's, uh, there's different ways, different tricks, but sometimes less puckers gives uh, more defined. You, you really, yeah, see, you really them. see them. Yeah. And then uh, more, puck more lines, more puckers. Uh, sorry, more dots makes smaller, more puckers. And depending on what kind of leather you're using... Yeah. You'll see, you'll get better puckers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you're using like super flimsy, there it, if it's thin. You'll see more puckers, which like, I mean, it'll, it'll give you a different result. So you can't, yeah. you have to know exactly what it is. You have to test it out. Yeah. Nice. You got to play around with your, your numbers. Okay. Another question. What has been your most challenging project and why? <laughs> um, so for me, my most challenging right now is not even started. It's floating in my head and it has been on the back burner for about three, four years now, three mm -hmm. years. It is my mother's outfit. So my mother wants me to make her, I guess her leaving outfit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on, ma, like, come on. You know, <laughs> but as a beater, as an avid beater, I cannot allow my mother to leave this earth and not have something from mm -hmm. me so it has been on my on my mind for a long time but it's bittersweet like i want her to have something beautiful um but who the hell wants to do that yeah who wants to to sew those kind of things and make them so um that's probably the hardest one right now that i have it though it's all in my head i know what's happening with it i know what's going on it i even did one of the moccasins which i don't even like so that's getting scrapped mm -hmm. <laughs> It's sitting there and I only did one, but I don't like it. Not for her. And that was another thing. I've done two vamps already for her. Mm -hmm. And once they were done, they weren't good enough. So that's a hard thing too, where I'm trying mm -hmm. to do her justice for everything that she's done and everything, yeah. you know, that's a pretty hard one right now. Um, I gave her conditions with it. <laughs> I said, like, you have to wear it before. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't want, you know, I, I don't want it to be just for that purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll make it easier on me a little bit to make it so that I know that it's not it was lived in that it's lived mm -hmm. in so that was one and a second one I will okay it has the same thing but I had a a, a good friend whose mom had just passed away mm -hmm. uh, last year and it was sudden you know it was yeah. really uh sudden so they weren't prepared they didn't have anything so I think within an, a day like an evening and then into the day I made her moccasins I just you know I I'd volunteered my time and said, mm -hmm. you know what, if this is what you need, like, I will do it for you. So I, I did moccasins for, for her mom, you know. And it was hard, though. It's, it's really hard to do those kind of things. It's heavy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's sad. Those are things, too, that, like, there's no, there, I personally have pictures of it, but mm -hmm. it has never seen the light of day to anybody else on social media mm -hmm. or anything. Like, of course, at the funeral, it was viewed, but... Those are those are private things, you know, so that that was a heavy one that was really hard because I knew her, you know, mm -hmm. so it, there's a lot of emotions that are happening at that time. And you have to kind of put yourself in that space to make those those things, you know, so and, and within such a fast, yeah. short time, like it, it's crunch it's time. Yeah, you have yeah. to have it done and you want to do them justice, yep. you know, mm -hmm. within that that short time. So that was uh, one of the more difficult pieces that I had to do. And we'll have to do. <laughs> yeah. That's got to get going too. 
along the lines with yours, for sure, like the things that you make for those who have already passed on or mm-hmm. who, yeah, that's kind of thing. Like those mm-hmm. are, are challenging. But I think for me right now, the most challenging project is already designed, already thought out in a broad sense and is waiting for me to do. And it's been 10 years or maybe in the making. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Just do it, Leith. Just do it. Do <laughs> yeah. it. It was supposed to be 2020. It was supposed to be the year to do it. And so much has happened in 2022. And there's something with the twos, two, two. It's something this year. So I had actually got it done in terms of like the design is all finished. So I'm hoping that this year will be a start, but I don't know yet. So mm-hmm. that's my most challenging. And it's because it takes me like right out of my comfort zone. And so I don't know, mm-hmm. but that's my biggest thing. But it's already designed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I've been collecting beads for for about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just waiting to like get it into get it going. Get it going. The la another question was what's the Santa Fe Indian market and how do you get into that side of the bead community? You just gotta take the leap. And I think we talked a lot a little bit about that yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. Look it up. Like, look it up uh, and there's applications on there, read yeah. all the fine print, you know, like we had said earlier. And then ask, like, if you ever have any questions and ask me, like, you know, there was. Any, yeah. And even that one. too, like, uh, if you reach out to an artist who have been there, you can also, because. You can actually email the You market. can call them. You can call them directly because when I was going through all my yeah. stuff, there there was always somebody available. So uh, yeah. they were great. They were help, They were really helpful. And unfortunately, I just couldn't get past the application pro- yeah. <laughs> process, but they're there. They can help you. And don't let it be intimidating. Yeah. Don't let it be so intimidating that you're not going to apply because you'll probably get in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you might be able to get in. So it'd be good. What's been the best thing about beading to you? For me, it is my creative outlet. So it is my sanity, I guess. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it's insanity. It is my creative outlet. So art has always been for me that, you know, it's kind of like that sad artist no <laughs> you know it's like like anytime you go through it like songwriters you know they sing about all their crap like <laughs> i beat about all my crap <laughs> but yeah that's i don't know that's your thing i guess that's wait what the hell was the question what was the best thing about <laughs> beating to you oh yeah it's it's my yeah creative outlet money is great <laughs> that's <laughs> It it became my job, you know, yeah. it, it really, for me, it became my saving grace when I was so done with my past job. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, so it yeah. was my leap of faith, really, just to uh, start somewhere fresh and new. So Awesome. Mm-hmm. For me, it's something that I can share with my mother. Because mm, my yeah. mother was the first one to have Blue Sky Bead Studio and really brought a larger scale of bead, beads and beadwork into my life and to a yeah. lot of, and actually into a lot of people's lives. And for sure, it's about sharing it with her in that sense. Like we have that commonality and Mm -hmm. we love the feel of beads and to touch beadwork and all that kind of stuff. And I think to be able to have that with her is really, is really special because that's where it came from. And my love for that came from kind of from her and her Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial kind of venture that she had. And so I'm I'm glad we're able to share that together. We have very different styles Mm -hmm. and I don't have a lot of patience. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even when she wants to help, and I'm sorry for that, but that's just how I am. But anyway, but I yeah, have, so like something similar too. So here's my second answer, I guess. But so for me, also, it had it connected me back to my great grandmother, who mm-hmm. I never met, who I never knew. For the longest time, I was so angry with this woman. <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous, yeah. but there was a lot of family trauma in in our 
in our past and whatever that I didn't exp- well you know generation you yeah, yeah yeah not directly so anyways and unfortunately I think part of it she may have been at the root of some of that so I was angry for a lot of like the way I was behaving or the way I felt I blamed this woman <laughs> that I never knew um until I started beating and then my mother kind of connected me back with her because she was the only beater on my mother's side oh, okay well yeah, direct on my, yeah. you know, my mother's uh, maternal line. So just learning more about her kind of bridged it to make, like, help me forgive this woman, <laughs> I guess. And it sounds ridiculous, but that's kind of my connection to this woman, mm-hmm. you know, because she was the beater. I have, like, a lot of her stuff. I have a, all of her beads now, yeah. you know, like, so it, in in a sense that, you know, that um, my story kind of relates yeah. with your, you know, what For you're sure. saying. Has the hubs sat on a needle yet? Okay, so I read this question to my husband on the way to work, to, dropping him off at work. And he said, yes, he sat on a chair. He sat, probably stabbed himself on the floor with a needle. I used to beat in bed and he actually laid on a needle. <laughs> so yeah, so my husband has been like injured by the needles. How about yours? Ah. Uh... No, I can't say about a needles, but he's probably just more <laughs> injured and frustrated every day when he walks in the kitchen tables like a dump <laughs> because there's crap all over it. And he always, his famous last words are, you know, you have a beating room. Like an, I do have an entire room dedicated to beating with a beautiful big giant desk and, <laughs> and I, and I take over the kitchen every day. So. Well, hey, that's how it goes, right? Yeah. Would you ever get one of your designs as a tattoo? Uh, yeah. I have one right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I drew it. I, you know, I have also, I have multiple people that I've, I have a good friend who got a really big tattoo that I designed and drew and it's mm-hmm. um, semi beadwork designs, like where mm-hmm. if you looked at it and redrew it, you could bead it type of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I've drawn a lot actually for people like that and myself. Yes. I was going to say, no, of course not. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I have a tattoo of myself. I have a tattoo that... I beat it uh, almost 20 years ago and my son has it on and I have it. So, yeah. So I didn't think of it until just now. I was just mm-hmm. reading it thinking, I know I don't. But then, yeah. And then I look <laughs> at my arm and yeah, I do. How do you keep the love for beating going to not get bogged down by everything? <laughs> I'm, I'm I think I just, keep, <laughs> I just keep beating uh, and take a break when I have to. Yes. That's, yeah. Yeah. You have to just stop when you have to. How do you keep? Yeah. No. Sometimes it's overwhelming and you just got to keep pushing or put it down for a little bit, but Mm -hmm. not for me. It's like, I can't put it down too long Mm -hmm. because then I just never get back to it. What are your thoughts on trends? I guess following trends and also moccasins with welts. The question kind of evolved from like, you know how before people would bead and they would turn them, the turn the Mm -hmm. um, moccasin inside inside out. out. And then now some people will say like, well, they don't like how that looks anymore. And then they have this another way they do it. And I think what happens is that maybe it, it might be seen as a trend. I'm not 100% sure. I use both. I do both ways. I've learned how to bead with a welt, like from like, I don't know, whenever my bead group started, mm-hmm. not my group, bead group, but the bead group I started with, mm-hmm. they all use the welt and they did it that way. And we all did it the inside out way. And then sometimes I think over time people didn't like how it felt inside. Yeah, on your feet, on your toes. But I hammer mine out so I don't have that. Yeah. So uh, I don't. I still do it both ways. Mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. But in terms of like trends, in terms of trends, in terms of beadwork, I don't think the only trend I might follow is maybe the color of the year. 
like there's like colors of the year, like like a big company, I can't remember what they're called, but they put out like the trend colors. And sometimes I like to pick a color from that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like what the beadwork looks like, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm trendy. I don't know. I don't know about trends I, myself. I don't even know if like, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know, like trends, like, because I look at beadwork and if you look at like uh, 1900s, was there a trend going on there? Because everyone's beadwork looked the same. It was all the same. I think it was the access to the You know the what I things, mean? Yeah. yeah. And the patterns though, in yeah. the sense like of what they were beading. Yeah. So the only thing that I could say now, like maybe trendy, but can you, I don't know. I, I don't think, know if you can really say trendy. I look at it like now, if you look at it, everyone's got the same floral styles, uh-huh. but that is that trendy or not? Yeah, you, you know, like I don't, I, I don't, don't know. I don't think so. It's just an era of. I think you just have to bead what you like. And if that's what you like, then do it. Yeah. And like not what you're worry drawn about to. anybody else and all that kind of stuff. I think for me anyway, I think like. And I think it's the learning curve and what's accessible. Um, yeah. Because some, this is still something that it's not new, obviously, and it's not. There have been people doing this for hundreds, thousands yeah. of years. But now it's like right now there's more accessibility within the community in the sense that it's more in your face yeah. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So people are learning from cert- like that. Like I have probably taught close to, I want to say 500 people. Oh, my goodness. It's wild. Yeah. In the here last- and virtually. Yes, here and virtually. So that's throughout the Confederacy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is nuts. Anyway, so so those people, those 500 plus people that I've probably taught within the last four or five years are learning from me or have learned from me. Mm-hmm. So, of course, until they adapt and like uh, and do their own style, they're gonna, their stuff may look like mine for a while, mm-hmm. you know, because I taught them like yeah. or I gave them my patterns or, I, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. It just... It evolves eventually. And yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, it, yeah. Have you ever redone a beading pattern for a different client or is every piece original? Mm, for a client, no. Normally, unless it's requested and unless the piece that they are requesting was not for somebody else. No, that's what she says. Have you ever redone a beading pattern for a different client? No, but say if I've done something and it was just me that has oh, done yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know it what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't an order. Yeah. If, yeah, the, yeah. if what they yeah. wanted me to duplicate wasn't yeah. an order, then I might be open to it. But yeah, orders, I generally, they're new and different yeah. all the time. I think for me, in terms of like patterns, in terms of the type of flower, they might be similar. Like I'm not just, if I make a pointy flower on somebody's, I'm not going to not make a pointy flower on somebody else's. Yeah. <laughs> There's like certain like technicalities that there. I, that, yeah. I'll do. And you know what I always wanted to do? I always wanted to take a, not take a photo. I wanted to print out all my pictures and I want to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. My stuff, because maybe I did like copy and my, my, copy myself and I don't even notice. Like mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that the other day. I'm like, hey, this kind of looks familiar, but I think that just might be my style. Yeah. You know, but I would like to one day, like, you know how they have like a portfolio book. I want to have like a real portfolio book, not for a show, but just for myself, just to see like what I've done over the years. I Mm -hmm. think it'd be interesting. When you take on grad orders or anything big, do you give them an estimated price in the beginning or only price once it's done and hope they can afford it? Oh my laughy God. Laughy face, laughy face, laughy face. <laughs> no. So that is a big no. So what you have no to do. To the, no, to, no to the laughy face. No to that part. You cannot hope for the best with certain projects. You need to get that all ironed out first and foremost. So I would, I always give a, a price and a cost. That's a lot of the times though, that's like, unless you have like deep wallet, 
uh, deep pockets, then like most people will ask right up front, like, mm -hmm. how much is this costing me? You know? So, well, even if you are like yeah. well off, everyone wants to know a price, you know? Yeah. So yeah, don't leave that to chance. <laughs> I've only, I've always give a cost. There was one instance where I didn't give a cost. The person still bought it, but they didn't realize. And I didn't realize like we didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So that was a big learning for myself. So I always do like, I always try to break it down. Yeah. And I always try to break it down before I actually meet with the client. I kind of get like, you know, like you get in terms of like on the phone or on the text, like what it is they want. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I send, I, sometimes I say a big number because I want them to know it's a big undertaking. It doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be that much money, but if you're looking for everything to be fully beaded, it's going to be what it's going to be. So, yeah. so don't be afraid. You have to be confident when you're pricing. But also, if you want the order, you need it, then say what it is you want. Like, if it's like, say you only want $500 and just say it. Like, you know, like, yeah. if that's all that's all that you want, then that's all you want. That's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. But I think you should be like upfront and tell them what it's cost. I've only had one piece that I've ever sold that I had no, I had no price for. They said, this is what I want. And I said, okay. And then I made it. And then I asked her, I sell, after I sent the text, I crossed my fingers. Like, please <laughs> say it's okay. And it was okay. Yeah. I knew the person probably went not take it i knew the person was going to take it but there was that a bit of me that said oh no but i had to just be like nope this is what it's gonna yeah, cost this is what, what it is yeah. yeah but i've never other than that i've always had a cost for something yeah yeah me too it's always up front yes yeah. last two questions what is your favorite item to bead i think moccasin vamps but not putting the moccasin together <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're small and put a lot of stuff on them moccasin vamps i think the vamps are mine yeah, moccasin. Honestly, okay, so honestly, I enjoy doing just the bead. No, I don't know. I like I was, the bead work and the design part. I don't want to do the construction, but I'll do it. Yeah, because for it me, it's like everything. Like, I like to bead everything. I'll bead everything. Putting together certain things, no thanks. Like, yeah. certain things I don't like doing. Yeah. But I'll, I, I enjoy beading everything, yeah. really. What is your yuckiest item to bead? Oh, my God. Okay, so this sounds so ridiculous, but... Picture frames and purses. I hate them. Picture frames and purses. I hate the construction. But uh, it says to bead. Oh, oh but, to bead. But I think it's the same. It must be the same thing because it, it coins. The yuckiest yeah, thing to Yeah, bead. it would probably be the same thing. A purse though, really. I don't, I hate making Why? beading. I like doing the front panel. I just hate, I don't know. I gotta. I know, you know what? That's what it is. Because I have this panel too that now I'm wondering like what I'm going to do. And people have been saying like make a purse. And I'm like, yeah, good. But then I don't want to make a flap over because I don't want to flap over the beadwork. And then like, because I'm trying to look at like high quality luxury purses mm -hmm. and they sometimes have that gusset on the side and they have this fancy like gold chain or something, whatever, all the however is. Unfortunately, that's not who I am in terms of like one, I don't necessarily have the expertise to be like soldering metal and doing all kinds of stuff. And I don't, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. But I also, I'm not so versed in the, in the construction of handbags that it would take a while to like iron out all the kinks and i don't know if i have the time but i still want to do some you know like so yeah like i would love to take a class like there's so many classes i want to take i want to take like an embroidery like whole control embroidery i think i could do that i think i could do like learn how to make handbags and different things like mm -hmm. that and bring all of my things that i like and put it on there but you have the time yes Time, Maybe time. 2023, 2024 will be my year. <laughs> and then I'll be like almost 50. Oh my God. <laughs> so I think we can flip these uh, questions too quickly. Yes. Also, okay. So one thing that I don't like beating is not necessarily the item, but I don't like beating animals. 
I don't like creating animals. So if I'm going to, if somebody says, hey, can you like beat me a bear on this? No, I hate it. So I don't like doing animals. Uh, What I do like doing, if it's not same thing, you know, not the construction or whatever, a Mm -hmm. piece. I'm florals. I love florals. I love the vines. Like ever Mm -hmm. since I was young, like even when I started drawing and all that, that was always what I used to draw was like the little curlies mm-hmm. and the little vines and the leaves and flowers. That's that's yeah. my deal. I like I enjoy doing those. And that's what raised beadwork is. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I think it is anyway. Like it's a lot of that. Yeah, it's a lot of natural, the natural world. I love to do stuff. lines. I love to hate to do line. I love line work. I love it. I love white line work. I love it, but I hate it. <laughs> but I love it. I love when you put your. I love like I made my wedding outfit and I beaded my skirt and I just. You put your hand over that flat work that's just like <laughs> white old beads and you just think, yes. And the weight to it is just so heavy and it just like has, oh, it was, I love it. I'm closing my eyes and I'm just putting, yeah, I love it. I love how yeah. it feels and I love, I love looking at the pattern go for like a meter. Mm-hmm. Like that is like wild. <laughs> but when you're in it, you're like, oh my God, this is going to take a hundred years. never going to end. Yeah. It's so worth it. Yeah. I love it. Classic. And that is that for our questions from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add, Margaret? Oh, yes. Did everybody know that Margaret's, that they go to Yakwa's name is Margaret? <laughs> I called her Margaret, but yes, her name is Margaret Standup. Yeah. Margaret. Actually, it's they go to Yakwa Standup. Yeah. They go to Yakwa Margaret Standup. Yeah. So. Most people only call, like, people who have known me all my life, like my family, yeah. they all call me Yakwa. So it was only until I went to high school. Uh, my teachers couldn't say my name. So then I became Margaret again, which I was like. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Which is my great grandmother's name. Okay. So we're going to hold this for the next podcast, but we're going to give you like a prelude to what is going on. It says, are people entitled to an explanation as to why you say no to their order? <laughs> so this stemmed from me. And I think it's better that we wait because I still probably have to calm the heck down. So sometimes beaters will receive. As she gets into it, audience. As I, yeah, I will. I'll just give you a prelude, I guess, a, a little one. So yeah, sometimes we go through frustrating times where people are not. They don't respect boundaries. Sometimes people are mean, like <laughs> just straight out mean asking. It's not about asking. It's about when the artist can't commit to something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people get mean. So that's where that stemmed from because it seemed like. You know, and, and I hope I'm not offending anyone here because it's not directly at anybody. But yeah, just within the last, you know, I want to say a few weeks, like mm-hmm. I've received a lot of inboxes and I've and nobody write out mean, but mm-hmm. um, some like a little bit catty, you know, feel. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. And it just really, really uh, pisses you off. So <laughs> that's that's where that stems from. And I've seen actually a few on Facebook. So I don't know if it's just time of year or what, mm-hmm. but that we also were going into. Yeah, ordering and how long should people? Yeah, how long like asking well, how long for orders in short note uh, during a short notice and that kind of things. And I think that's one thing is that you have to remember that if you're an artist posting on social media, one, it's because you're showcasing what it is that you like to do, and some people will see that and think, "Oh my god, I love it," which is great. But you might not be posting it to generate more people to ask you to do orders, but that's what people will maybe tend to assume. Mm-hmm not tend to assume, but will be inspired and want to work with you. So when you're posting, be prepared for an influx of people to be interested in your work. 
Two, I think it, a lot of people might be talking about this because a lot of people are posting things that they're doing for graduation or special times. Mm-hmm. So people are seeing it more often. So just be like aware of that, that if you're posting on social media, that people will probably reach out if they like your stuff. And so to be prepared for that and to maybe like kind of have like a, a go-to like statement saying, no, I'm not taking orders yeah. right now. Yeah, that's the best way so something. that you don't get emotional about it because sometimes it builds up like if you're placing an order you may feel like okay well i'm one person asking this artist that one person doesn't realize that within that day sometimes they just got six inboxes you know so it does get daunting sometimes and it does for me it's like if somebody says they are not taking orders be respectful and do not push past that boundary because some people will be like well no is no Yes, because the whole famous thing, well, you know, it can't hurt to ask. Sometimes it does. Sometimes that artist is like fed up because you don't know if the last person that just asked was being an asshole to them, you know, and sometimes, unfortunately, that's the case. So that's the reality of, you know, this, this, the career path of this (laughs) and and dealing, you know, with, with all of it. So, yeah. So we'll get more into that, I guess, uh, next time around. It's for June's. Yeah. Wow. Podcast. We'll talk about that. We'll probably be asked for more questions because maybe with our giveaway, people will be able to um, give us some more content for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a good wrap, up. wrap up to our May podcast. Now, everybody, for listening to the beating table. Again, check out our Instagram page for our favorite things giveaway. And we hope everyone has a good day, good evening, and a good time until June. Yay. Now, for listening. Yeah. The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of Rudy Wise and its employees.